0: Well, just devotionally tonight, I'd like to think of that verse, verse 5. The apostles saying together, it seems like it was all of them together. This was their combined thinking in response to the Lord Jesus' teaching. He's been teaching them many parables. And then these verses that we shall look at briefly. And their only response is this, increase our faith, they felt so woefully inadequate when the Lord Jesus had taught some things that were very hard to listen to. Well, it's an excellent request. It's a good one for a prayer meeting. Increase our faith. None of us have the faith that we ought to have. And this really is what the Lord Jesus is going to teach. There's three lessons that we shall look at briefly But when they've listened to him teaching on different subjects in chapter 16, parable after parable after parable, and then he comes to these verses, and I think this is very hard for all of us. The Lord Jesus says, it is impossible, but that offences will come. Sin, he says, is inevitable. We will be offended. We will hurt and offend one another. And so he's going to teach on this. And the disciples, their response will be, Oh, our faith is so small. These standards are so exacting. The requirements that you are asking of us, they seem so difficult. And so that will be their response. Well, let's just look at these verses briefly. What's the Lord Jesus teaching it is impossible but offenses will come we live in a fallen world all of us have sinful hearts in a church and he's teaching remember the disciples this is the prototype new testament church from the apostles will come the new testament (laughs) church fully formed and he says it's inevitable you're going to hurt one another There will be offences, but then listen to this. But woe unto him through whom they come. Be very careful. Be very careful, you who cause offence. You who hurt other people. Verse 2 is a difficult one to read. I think there's a form of hyperbole. There's a form of exaggeration to make the point. It were better for him, somebody that's offended, and he's going to have in mind young, weak believers. He says it would be better if you get an enormous rock, hang it round the neck and throw the person into the sea. Well, surely he doesn't mean that. But he's saying that's how serious sin is in the church. That's how we should treat the offender, not the one who's offended We tend to focus on how I feel, but it's the one that causes the offence. It were better if they were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now that doesn't mean children. The Greek means probably weak young believers. He's probably thinking of the crowd. He's just turned, verse 1, to the disciples alone It seems as though he turns from the crowd and looks to his disciples specifically and he's saying, if you will offend one of these little, weak, young believers, what's this about? This is really about inconsistency in the Christian life. And this is a hard lesson. The Lord Jesus is saying, yes, sin is inevitable. It will happen. There'll be problems between two or three people. One will offend the other. They'll have words. They'll do something without thinking. They won't work out how they should speak and how they should look and whether they should frown or sigh or not. And The Lord Jesus says, Take heed. Verse 3. Take heed. Be very careful. Just watch yourself. If Thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. Now, I think there's a suggestion here. There are almost three levels of sin. I don't want to put sin in different categories. Sin is sin. Sin is grievous. We speak, the Puritan spoke about the seriousness and the sinfulness of sin. But it's almost as though he's saying in a fallen world, there will be sin that we just overlook. That we don't take offence. But then there's a different kind of sin. There's a sin that's really worthy of rebuke. If somebody does say something out of order or does something, then they must be challenged. Matthew 18 teaches that. And if the person repents, shows contrition, doesn't say whether their repentance is genuine. just says if they show some remorse, then That person is to be forgiven. Well, so far, so good. All sounds great. But verse four, here's the difficult bit. And if that happens again and again and again, don't look at the number seven. That's just a figure of speech. If it happens again and again and again, and they keep saying sorry, you are to keep forgiving. That's so difficult, isn't it? To keep forgiving. That person keeps offending me in the community of the Lord's people. And yes, it's inconsistent, it's not right, but the principle of the church is forgiveness. We're saved by grace. We only stand by grace. And therefore, if there is a sin that causes offence that we can't just overlook, if somebody repents, you're to forgive them. And it's to that that the disciples then say, Lord, you can almost hear a sigh, can't you? Lord, increase our faith. Our faith is so small, you can translate verse 5, add to our faith. We don't really have enough faith to be able to keep forgiving again and again and again. Husband and a wife, how often we have to forgive one another those who are married know that within the church how often we have to forgive one another now there is another category of sin and i must make this plain there was a number of questions after last week's bible study there is that category of sin that we would call grievous sin violence where a person's in danger abuse where a person's livelihood is threatened coercion this category of sin that really is grievous and are we just to keep forgiving i don't think that's what the lord jesus is saying he's saying that within the community of the lord's people there will be sin that can't be overlooked it needs to be challenged but when there is repentance it's to be forgiven when there is that category of sin Where the person isn't repentant and there's no remorse and they carry on, then safety is the first thought. The person has to run and flee and has to escape. So here's the apostles. They're asking the disciples, add to our faith. This is so difficult. You are asking us really to keep forgiving? And the Lord says, yes. I will forgive you, I have forgiven you, and you are to keep forgiving. This is how we have cleanliness in the church. It's how we get along with one another. And we need faith for that. So here's the first lesson. The first lesson is we need consistency. We need consistency. If you go back to verse 2. The word offence really means a stumbling block in the ancient thinking. It was putting an obstacle in the way of a blind person. So what the Lord Jesus is saying is, here's one of these young believers. They've just come to faith. Maybe a former Pharisee or a publican, and they've started trusting. Just imagine if you start sinning in front of them and causing offence, you're going to damage them. You're going to put a stumbling block of offence in their way. So the lesson the Lord Jesus says is be consistent. Strive to be consistent so you don't put stumbling blocks and offend one of these little ones in the faith. The second lesson is the vital need of forgiveness in marriage, In the family and especially in the church. Forgive and keep on forgiving. That's hard. No wonder the disciples say increase, add to our faith. But here's the third lesson, verse 6. How does the Lord Jesus respond to that? Is this too tall an order? Is this requirement too difficult for us as believers? No, the Lord Jesus is going to say you need a vital thing and this is really the lesson for us tonight. This is the principle. He gives this little parable of a grain of mustard seed, a picture he often used. You just need a little faith, a little saving faith. You don't need to have big faith. No, you just need a little faith, as the size of a mustard seed. And I will grow that faith. I will work within you. And I will enable your faith to grow so that you can keep on forgiving and keep on growing in grace. The apostles think this is the last straw. How are we going to carry on? The Lord Jesus says, no, you just need a small amount of faith he gives an illustration and he says right at the end of verse 10 here's the key point for us tonight just remember this in all of your christian life and in the church especially how are you to think of yourself you have a servant he's been working all day and you are you going to ask him to sit down and you prepare the meal no you'll ask him to prepare for you but that's not right He says, just remember, we are unprofitable, unworthy servants. In the church of Jesus Christ, there's no rights. We're all unworthy and we're servants. We're just doing what it's our duty to do. We have done that which was our duty to do. It's our duty to forgive, it's our duty to be humble. If you're going to have growing faith, you need to have growing humility. Small faith, the size of a mustard seed, and humility, that's going to be powerful. That's what will cause your faith to grow and to grow so that you can deal with the sin problem in the church, in the family, and in marriage. Is that our attitude? We are just unworthy, unprofitable servants. And to us who've been forgiven much, we must forgive much. Is this too hard? Is it too hard that we should live consistent lives? No, that's our calling. Is it too hard that we should keep on forgiving if somebody repents? No. It's what the Lord is calling us to do and if we have those two things and add to that this sense of unworthiness this lack of entitlement considering ourselves to be what we are just unworthy servants then the Lord will take that mustard seed and he will grow it consistent Christian living A readiness to forgive. A constant attitude of being unworthy servants. Now is this relevant to prayer tonight? Well I believe it is. The disciples request is a good one. How can we pray if we have the opposite? An inconsistent Christian life. You can't pray. There will be no power in prayer if we're living inconsistently, causing stumbling blocks for others. There won't be any power in prayer if we're not ready to forgive, to overlook. And there won't be any power in the church and in our Christian lives unless we have this constant attitude of being unworthy. We're not worthy of the least. Of thy mercies. Lord, increase our faith. Aren't those three lessons that we can take tonight? This is the attitude that we need as we come in prayer. May the Lord help us to apply these difficult things to our lives. Isn't this what Christ is teaching so that we might be pleasing unto Him? Let's have our second hymn. This evening.